0: Good morning and welcome. I have been excited all week. It's quite an honor to be up here speaking to you today. My hope this morning is that you will encounter Jesus in a fresh new way, that you would hear, see, feel, and know and taste his goodness. So I'm going to start by reading John 19, verse 16 to 20, And then 25 to 30. You can follow along in your Bible, but may I suggest today that you allow me to read the scriptures over you so that you can absorb it and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and highlight something. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had notice, had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read the sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Verse 25 says, "Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, "Woman, here is your son." And to the disciple, "Here is your mother." From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. And later, knowing that everything had now been finished, And so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put a sponge on the stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So we remember what Jesus did We remember his immense sacrifice and how it changed everything, how it completely changed our past, it changes our present, and it changes our future. So, friends, today I have four questions for you. The first is this Because of Good Friday, what do you hear? What do you hear? Perhaps some of you hear, it is finished. In Greek, it is finished means paid in full. So that's complete and total atonement for our sins, all of our sins. Not just the little ones, but yes, it includes that. But it also includes the big ones. And it also includes those little ones or the big ones that you're hiding in the deepest parts of you. It's covered too. First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in body, but made alive in spirit. So when Jesus said, It is finished, he was really saying, Debt fully paid. So what do you hear going on in your mind? What's that inner conversation like inside your head? Be honest. Do you hear, he suffered for the sins of those around me, but not mine. Mine are actually kind of horrible. Terrible, actually. In fact, sometimes I feel like a disaster. Sometimes I try and I try and I try, but I just keep messing up. And to be honest, some of you may feel worthless. Some of you may say my pastors are worthy, but me, I'm nowhere worth as much as they are. So let me ask you this. What voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you agreeing with? Because those aren't God's thoughts about you. Now, if you're having these thoughts, it sounds to me like you're listening to the father of lies, the enemy. The enemy directly contradicts the word of God to keep us from experiencing the freedom given to us. In Isaiah 55, 3, God says, Come to me with your ears wide open, listen, and you will find life. So, I have three kids with my husband here, and we regularly tell them following the voice of the enemy will lead to death. Colossians 1 2 says, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without a blemish free from accusation. That's how the Father sees all of you, holy in His sight. So I'd like to share a personal encounter I had with Jesus a couple of years ago at the Soul Care Conference here at this church. And um, we'd broken off into small groups, and I was with a group of three women, and we were actually sitting right here. And I think we were exploring uh, generational sin patterns, and I, it was my turn to share. So I shared that I, feel, I felt like I needed to pretend that I had it all together. I often presented a false front. And so not to everyone, but often to people I was trying to impress or I wanted them to like me. So I, I wore a mask. I presented myself as a, like a close-to-perfect mother, um, well-behaved kids, Um, a conflict-free marriage. I was the friend everyone would want to have, and I was the perfect (laughs) (laughs) daughter-in-law. So in part, it was a show. And through the loving discernment of the women in my group, they concluded that I had made agreements with the spirit of performance. And I thought, okay, performance, yeah. That's what it is. That's what I've been doing. I felt like I needed to perform so people would think that I'm valuable. So it's not like I consciously tried to perform. It was so familiar to me, I didn't even realize I was doing it. So the ladies led me through a prayer of breaking agreements with this lie, and it went something like this. I nail performance to the cross of Jesus, and I remember, like, I nail it to the cross. Like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I break all agreements I've made with performance, known and unknown, and I repent of joining with it. And I ask you, Father, to send performance far from me. And then the ladies prompted me to ask this, Father, what do you want to give me in return? And so I hadn't had a lot of practice at doing this sort of thing, but I thought, okay, you know, sure, I'll ask him what he wants to give me. So I closed my eyes. And I said, okay, Father, I give you performance. What do you want to give me in return? And then suddenly, I saw a picture of Jesus right in front of me, in my mind's eye. He was right here, really close, and he had his arm out. And in his hand, there was a a small white piece of paper, and on it, it said free ticket. So I just started weeping, and I just felt this huge relief come off of me, He was telling me that I didn't need to perform to feel valuable and loved. It was free. So he bought me this ticket on the cross. And so even still today, I am riding on this free ticket. So at the Soul Care Conference, um, Rob Reamer was facilitating at the time, and he said a phrase that my husband and I uh, repeat regularly to each other and remind each other of. And I think God would approve of this statement. It says, the issue of my value was settled at the cross. Your value issue was also settled at the cross. None of us should have value issues. And I'd like us to proclaim this over ourselves today, because the Bible says our words are powerful. So let's repeat it all together, please. So the issue of my value was settled at the cross. Yeah, it is finished. (laughs) Okay, the second question is, have you ever asked yourself, whose lenses am I looking at the cross through? Are you looking at the cross through your own personal, cloudy, fingerprinted, scratched-up lenses? Are you looking through the pain of your circumstances or through unforgiveness and bitterness? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see like a random black hair growing out of your cheek? Or out of your nostril? Or do you see all the blemishes or the patchy skin? Do you see the roots? I'm kind of talking to the women here. (laughs) Or maybe you don't see enough hair. I'm talking to the men. Or do you see yourself the way the one who has died for you sees you? I venture to say that there is a crown on top of those roots. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. So if you look in the mirror and you don't see royalty, did you know that you could change that? Did you know that you can trade your muddy, fingerprinted, broken, maybe half-hanging-off-your-face glasses or lenses for Jesus' lenses? You just surrender them. You say, I'm sorry that I'm looking through my own scratched-up lenses. Forgive me. I want to trade my lenses, and you can prophetically take them off your face and say, and I... Put your lenses on. I want to see the world, people, and myself the way you do. So, my third question is what do you feel because of Good Friday? What do you feel? Do you feel free? Have you accepted the royal priesthood? Have you allowed that finished work of the cross to permeate into the deepest part of your soul? I mean, perhaps some of you aren't there yet. And I'm guessing some of you are probably not trying to feel at all, because when you do, you face a depression, maybe you feel crushed or you've just given up. So are you living like you are in prison? I mean, maybe you've made some bad decisions and you've actually condemned yourself to prison to live with shame and guilt. And I am venturing to say that some of you have even put yourself into isolation. So listen, the prison door is wide open. Jesus paid for your freedom. Get up and walk out. Some of you may have to crawl out or grab some friends and help them Maybe they could steady you on the way out. But get up and go. Get out of the prison and run to the palace. So my last question for you is this. What do you know because of Good Friday? I know my old life has ended, and I'm in a new, intimate, amazing relationship with my Heavenly Father. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So to know something is good. It's always good to know something. And most of us know John verse 8.32. It says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But it's verse 31, just before that, that I'd like to highlight. And it reads this If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's an if you hold on to my teaching, you will be my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So are you holding on? Like, are you really holding on? Are you letting everything God says about you and what Jesus did for you land in the deepest parts of you? Are you proclaiming these truths out loud over yourself? Are you meditating on them? Are you consuming them? Jesus said in John 10:10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So I want the fullness. He said I could have it, so I'm going to grab it. I'm going to hold on to it. And he didn't pay for it while we were perfect. He paid for it while we were still sinners. So I'm asking you, what are you waiting for? And I'm just going to leave you with this one last thing. I'd like to walk you through an encounter with Jesus. But first, I'd just like to pray. So Holy Spirit, I claim this space for you. I ask that you turn up the sound of your voice and you drown out anything else that could be distracting. So spirit of truth, we give you authority over this place and over these people. So we're going to ask Jesus a couple of questions. If that's new for you, it's okay. Sometimes it takes a little bit. Sometimes we practice and grow in it and God can speak to us in a whole bunch of different ways. Today we're going to try it like this. So I have a, just a couple of questions. So the first question, I'd just like you to repeat out loud. You can, it can just be in a whisper. But this is what I'd like you to ask Jesus. So the question is, Jesus, is there a lie I'm believing about you? Is there a lie? Okay. Some of you may be sensing something or getting a picture of something. Just keep pressing in if you haven't yet. Okay. The second question is, Jesus, what is the truth? Okay. All we have to do is just break the agreement with that lie. So say I break all agreements with the lie and fill it in. Forgive me, Father, for joining with this lie. And now proclaim the truth over yourself. One last question. Jesus, what do you want me to know? You gotta hold on to these truths, study them, proclaim them, meditate on them. We can't listen to the enemy and allow us and allow him to stop us from experiencing the fullness of what Jesus dying on the cross meant. And we can't afford to believe that it's finished, but live over here like we're in chains when we are really free. And we can't afford to live agreeing with lies of the enemy and not agreeing with what our sweet Jesus accomplished on that cross. So I encourage you just to pursue this further. Invite Holy Spirit to speak to you more about these things and ask him if there's any lies you believe and trade them for the truth. I'd just like to end with prayer. So King Jesus, we thank you. We just say you are worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. We just pour out all our affection on you. You are worth it. Just be exalted. We lift you high, King Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. And Lord, I just speak freedom over all these people. We are free because of what you did. Thank you that we have a new identity. Holy Spirit show us how to walk that out and really hold on to it. In Jesus name.